Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Hello and welcome back to the School for Small Business podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. It has been, what I'll say is like a year in the making, a year and a half in the making. And I am super thrilled to be talking to you today about what it's like to exit a business. And I know you might be thinking to yourself like, well, I'm not ever in a position where like I'm looking to sell. I'm not at that place. And what I want to say is that I actually was never in that place either. So I'm going to rewind, give you some background, and then I'm going to give you some really tangible lessons of what it's like to be on the other side of selling a successful business and not being ready to hang up my hat. Okay, so I'm going to take you back. I want you to picture this like small town girl from the prairie provinces of Canada. And really, I just wanted a good life for myself. I saw my parents working hard, but still having struggle. I felt like, you know, looking back on my childhood, I spent a lot of time just in survival mode that we did everything that we had to do. We got, I got good grades. I was captain of the basketball team, but all of that really covered up this like longing for something better for something easy. I thought if I could do everything the best, then life would be great. And after graduating high school, I went and got my degree at university. I got my CPA designation and very quickly became a business owner just because I, again, I wanted something better. I wanted something great for everybody. And I kind of relate to that saying an accidental entrepreneur because I fell into it, not because I ended up with a business that I didn't plan to have, but more so because entrepreneurship is this crazy crazy experience that you go in thinking that if you could just do a great job for people that you'll have a successful business and that's really not the case just as I learned accounting I actually had to learn how to be a business owner it's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I went to business school and I helped businesses every day and what I learned was that my business school didn't translate at all to any of those skill sets that it really took to run a business so here I am working really hard and really just wanting to do well for people. That was the foundation of my business that I wanted to do better. I saw clients maybe not hearing back from their accountant. I heard people not getting the advice. They're like, I don't understand this stuff, something my accountant's hiding something from me. I heard people wanting more from their accountants. And I was like, I just, I really want to see businesses succeed. And I can do my part with more ownership for how things are delivered. I could do my part to make things easier on them. And then maybe they would have it easier and they could do, you know, their work would trickle down 
And so that's why I went into business. I thought like maybe I could also save them some money, look at it in a way that's like, okay, what do they really need? Let's stop delivering these services and making them pay for it when it's not relevant to them or it's not a part of their success. So really diving into, okay, how do I help people? And that was the theme of my life. And what I will say is that early on in business, there's these stages. I'm going to do an entire separate podcast episode on this, but I went through all the stages of business. It's kind of like growing up, right? We start as a you know baby and a toddler, and then we go to elementary school and high school and then potentially college, and then we finally grow up to be an adult. And as an adult, when you look back on things, there's like different things that had to happen at each of those stages to be prepared for what you could expect and what you would learn at the next level. And without each of those stages, it is really hard to grasp. If I think back to myself, this is a common theme. If I think back to myself at, you know, in elementary school, I would not have even grasped something that a high school student was saying. Like I I wouldn't have comprehended it. This is especially relevant at like those teenage years when your parents are telling you something and you're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And like you kind of hear the advice, but you're like, I don't think that applies to me. Like, go away. And then you grow up a little bit and you're like, oh, that's what that's what mom and dad were talking about when they when they told me this. And you hate to admit that they were right, but they were. And that was a common theme of of how things are in business. And I actually think that those stages are often why advice doesn't always hit home from us from different people because we're not addressing the fact that like, oh, they're not actually ready to hear that advice yet. Like they're not at a stage where it's applicable. They're not at a stage where they can understand it, you know, those types of things. So all of this to say, I got to a point, I got past the I'm doing work to make, like I got to make money and I got to help people. And I got to a place where I was really comfortable with the business. I started refining, right? We're not taking on any work, just anything anymore. This is what we're really good at. I had that level of comfort, you know, that growing up when you're like no longer scared of everybody's approval, you're like, okay, this is just, this is, I'm going to stick in my lane. I wasn't distracted by all the things that came my way. Everybody, there was lots of people that were asking us to do other things. I'm like, that's just not my specialty. I had that confidence, And we got to a place in the business where it was really easy. We'd put in a ton of systems, which at the start of my business, I could never have understood because at that point, the flexibility of not having systems was actually a benefit early on. And then I got to a place where everything just flowed. It actually needed less of me. And I also had what I thought was kind of a death of the ego. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about, Stacey? (laughs) This is not the podcast I signed up for. But let me explain to you. When you create a business, and it is literally you, you in your basement starting out, and it's just you. And then you hire a few people part time, but really, it's still you. And then you hire a few more people, but you are still the one when something's not done at the end of the day, you're staying late to make it up. And in my case, my name's literally on the wall. When you have that type of business, there is a level of I am the business. And that's just the way it is. There's nothing wrong with it. However, to get to a place where we see these businesses that are really successful to 
like you've got a team of more than a couple people. You got a team of maybe 10 or 15. You see the businesses that explode and they end up listed on the stock exchange. I'm thinking of like Sunira Madani, you know, CEO school. She has tax payments. The business cannot be about you anymore, right? We actually need to bring people on board and they need to start being the face of the business. Somebody, they need, your customers need somebody to anchor into, not just you, if especially in a service-based business, they couldn't have access to me all the time. I, there's no way I could have served all of our clients at any given moment. So I need them to anchor in to trusting somebody within my team. So when that happens, there is a level of like ego death. Like this business is no longer about me. I'm not going to save the day anymore. And that was really hard because there was a rush that came from that experience. Like me saving the day. I felt good for it, right? I feel like there's purpose. I was lit up by it. So I go through this like ego death in my business. That's what I call it. So get past it if you don't like the words. But the idea is the I'm coping with the fact that the business is no longer about me. And when you go through that change, there's this questioning that happens of, does this business even need me? So like, what value do I provide here? Are my, is my team going to see value in what I do? Are they going to think that like, okay, we can just do it without you? You know, what value do I hold? And what you ultimately find is they do need you, right? The, the team absolutely needs you because everybody within the team has the, a role, but you bring the team together and you're casting the bigger vision and you're steering the ship. You have a ton of people who are doing their jobs and doing it really well to keep the boat going and keep it afloat and going in the right direction. But without the captain, it would all fall apart and you you kind of forget that. And even though you're maybe not you know, working 72 hours a day and maybe you're not in the office or with your team 100% of the time, the effort that you dedicate to them does still have value. And it's hard to kind of like teach your body and your mind and like almost even nervous system reset to understand like, okay, I'm safe here, right? That I, I still hold value. And all of this is to tell you that I was after this, I thought I am good. I sold my business, not because it wasn't doing well. It was making a ton of money. I had all the vacation I wanted. I wasn't burnt out. I wasn't like, I got to offload this. I fell out of love with taxes and I recognized that I knew what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be helping small business owners. I wanted less taxes, more helping. And that required me to have more of my time available. And I couldn't do both. And with our business, the way it was set up, being a CPA, I had to sign off everything that went through the office. And so that left me in a position where I was like, either my heart's not going to be in this and I'm not doing well for my clients, which I didn't agree with. That's not my style. I'm the all in kind of person or I have to I have to pass this on to somebody who's going to take this torch and run with it. And so that led me to selling the business. So the reason I told you the story about the ego death is when I sold the business, I thought I had done the work, right? I got to enjoy running the business. I got to enjoy steering the ship, but the business wasn't about me anymore. So I thought when I moved on to doing my next thing to, you know, going all in on helping small business owners and mentoring that 
I, I thought that I could easily part from my business. Now, there's a few details specifically for me that made this harder, but I would say overall, I was not prepared for the level of grieving my identity that I had to do. I thought I had already done the work. And what I can tell you is I actually didn't. I very much found that I really tied my identity, who I was, the part I played in the world to what I did through my business and the work that I did. And as soon as that ended, even though I had a dream on my heart, because it wasn't tangible and, you know, going full speed already, it really forced me to take a step back and look at who I was, the value that I held outside of work, the value I held outside of my business, which is incredibly interesting. And I think it's interesting because a lot of the time when we're starting a business, like we have this role maybe in a corporate job, this is a pretty common theme that I hear from people. And then they either like they start a side hustle or, you know, they hit the ground running. They've already got some foundation laid and they do the side hustle piece and then they leave corporate, which is like, It's almost like a lily pad, right? It's giving you that level of safety where you never really lose kind of everything. But the way I did it, it was literally one day, everything was gone. I didn't start building a new business beforehand. I didn't, I didn't really have that, like financially I had a safety net, but I didn't have a purpose safety net. And especially in the online world, it was a crazy place where I was used to being in the office and seeing clients and seeing my team and all of a sudden I'm sitting in front of a computer every day. And so one of the hardest pieces that I found was just like the motivation, keeping myself motivated and not getting discouraged when you maybe, you know, you're not hearing back from people or you're building, you don't have a ton of audience. And it was, that was actually one of the hardest things that I would say ever had to happen. I didn't have that issue growing my business the first time. I wasn't talking to a computer. I got to see people in person. So that was really, really hard for me. And now since it happened, I thought a lot more about like, wow, this is incredible. I think somebody should start a business for retired people that helps them cope through this. It gives them community and purpose because I'm assuming that anybody who, you know, retires, especially like I'm in my thirties, imagine working 30 more years and then going to retire and all of a sudden everything that your life really stood for that gave it meaning purpose is actually a part of what makes us feel fulfilled scientifically it leads to happiness and you take away kind of all the purpose or at least a big portion of it and no wonder people are so rocked when it comes time to retire so people, somebody should make a business out of helping people cope with that. Um, anyways, that was one of the hardest things. That was one of the hardest lessons that I had to deal with. And I think if I did it again, so one of the details of my business was that I had a non-solicitation, non-compete clause. It meant I wouldn't talk to any of my former clients um, because of the region that I live in. We're pretty remote. It meant that a lot of the people that I had in my network that would have been like bankers and lawyers, um, it made it really hard to, to reach out and kind of talk to them. I wasn't relevant to them anymore. And especially since I'm doing my business all online. So I kind of lost that sense of community. And the one thing I would say is if I ever redid this, 
I would make sure to position myself in a place where I don't ever give up my network again. And I would make sure to position myself in a way that I still had community, that I very quickly would have joined a community to get myself out there more because being in community, even if it's a mastermind, feeling like I was helping people once I started doing that, that felt so good, right? And then when you feel good, you do better. So that would have been one of the things that I look back and I'm like, I I should have done this differently. Now, the other thing that I learned is that the online space, and this is for like any of my people in like health and wellness, especially when you're like, oh, I'm going to move to online. Any service providers that have decided that they're going to leave what they do behind and start coaching others. The online space doesn't care what you, (laughs) doesn't not care what your credentials are. You could have spent the last 30 years, like you could have had the most successful businesses. But number one, unless you have your network and your community, which will help you build momentum quickly. And number two, unless you're good at marketing, you could be the most highly qualified, under-credited person on the internet, undiscovered, because it is the internet is all about marketing. And I've kind of struggled through how I, how I process all of this over the last year because it has been really interesting. I've met so many people who, I'm going to be honest, like really don't have the credentials to be helping somebody else. Um, I think that you can. There are definitely times where it's like you're five steps ahead of somebody and you're like, or two steps and you're like, hey, let me teach you what I know. But the online world has made that so it's almost like monetized where in the past, like we used to just help people, right? We're like, hey, I've got, I've got some knowledge. I'm a couple steps ahead of you. Let me tell you what I know. We identified that like, we're not the expert here. I'm only a step or two ahead of you. There, you know, maybe things that I don't know yet, probably haven't even went through an entire business cycle on this. So I'm not tried and tested. So let me just pass along the advice. No, the internet makes it so that lots of people monetize that. They're like, I've had success. And because our bodies and our minds literally want quick action, they want great results. We're so drawn into that. And that is why marketing trumps everything else on the internet. Marketing trumps it all because they can, then you know, if you've got that skill set of how you talk to people and, and understand like, oh, this is what they're looking for. Then you can tell them that your program's going to do well for them or that your services are going to do well for them, even though when they actually get in, they don't deliver. And so that is one of the things that I've really struggled with kind of, kind of coming to terms with and feeling at some point admitting this, like, what the hell? Like I've got the most qualifications. Why would it, you know, why would you pass up this opportunity? Like I know tried true and tested that I can help you and the words weren't right. And so that is something that I really had to get over and identify as like, this is a skill set that is like non-negotiable. I almost think that everybody should understand at least the like psychology behind marketing and have some skill set in it. So I don't think I would ever run a business again. Well, granted, I've learned a lot, so I don't think I would ever start from zero again. But I don't think I would ever run a business where somebody doesn't have a skill set in marketing. It's almost like, 
You wonder why I have so many marketing experts on this podcast for you. That's why. Because every single person needs to understand how to talk to their people. Sometimes that's through a website. Sometimes it's through a podcast or social media or your brand colors, whatever that is. But you need to understand how to talk to the people that you want to be in front of. Otherwise, you can have the best business and it will not have any eyes on it. So that is the other piece that I learned this year. So I've had massive transformations in my identity. I had to learn to lean back and know my worth despite not being at the same size of business or the same in the same place in business, building confidence in what I do know, like going to zero was so hard. Going to zero was so hard. I was like, well, I did this once. Like, can I actually do this again? And that imposter syndrome and the doubt and the fear like that held on to me for quite some time and it's taken me a year to get like honestly a year to get over it through different methods and kind of finding my place but that was one of the biggest things and then learning about marketing that was number two if I had two lessons that I would tell you that is it in the online space that's what it's about and I guess really the third is is community I cannot I didn't understand how community brought our world together, if that makes any sense. Like I found value in it. I knew I loved getting together with other entrepreneurs. I loved hosting women in business events that we held um, multiple times a year. I loved that. But I couldn't have tangibly said that this is extremely important to me. And if anything, over the last year, it's just been a really big lesson of getting to know myself. A lot of the time early in... Um, my other business, I spent a lot of time overriding myself. I was young and I had energy and I had hours. So I like to work. There was a level, there's always a level at the start of your business where you're just like lit up to do the thing. And there's a dopamine hit that comes every time you have a new customer, a new client, and it is so freaking exciting. And then there's a point where instead of that dopamine at whatever level you're getting it feels good. Now it's like, oh, I actually need to get more. It's almost like a drug. It's like, now I need more. Now I need more. And it is very hard to spot in the moment if this is like, this is a bad day or I'm on the wrong track. But there comes a point where we can no longer work constantly. For me, that was really hard to determine because I was also raising babies. I had a lot of like, tragedy I would say early in my business where I was just distracted we were just surviving and it was interesting that I thought the answer for it for me was like okay I gotta get this business under control and I think that is the solution to a lot of people having a business that's making money where you get to impact people and do great work for people and and have that value in society like that's it and doing it without doing it without burning out, without overriding yourself, being able to do all of that while taking care of your mind and your body and your family and your friends uh, is so, is so crucial. Like that's the dream. And for me, I think it was the ultimate flex of being able to say like, okay, well, I've built something that is really phenomenal. And it's also not for me. That's when I could tell that I really started listening to myself and what what was right for me uh, in the future. All that to say, I am in a place where I am absolutely lit up. 
as you know, I don't only do coaching. I've listened to myself in a way that I knew that I wanted more. To me, it's always been about changing the world. I get to do that through small businesses, backbone of our communities. They are so crucial. I've been working with them for 15 years. I understand the value that they bring and I understand Um, I guess how hard it is on small business owners, the lack of kind of education and training and and things that they experience. And I'm so dedicated to helping. And I also knew that wasn't it. I get to own Love Power Co. and like change the world through children and families. And I just, I I love, I love what I do. I love how it all has been brought together. And that's, that's the amazing part of small businesses. So if you're a small business owner, and you're going through a change, if you're going through a change of one of those levels of entrepreneurship where you're like, what do I need next? You know, I just want you to know that it can be easy, that you can have it all. And sometimes having it all might look different in the end than what you thought it would at the start. And yeah, just believe it's possible. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm rooting you on. So thanks for listening today. Share with me the takeaways. If you resonate with part of my story, let me know. I'd I'd love to hear about it. I really honestly just, I am so lit up by, like I said, community. So don't hesitate to send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know. You want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.